in a little while, we're going to be talking in the message today about Joseph, who is one of the characters in the whole Christmas story that sometimes gets a little bit overlooked, I think. But I was thinking this week, that if you're going to make a, a list of the great loving couples of history, probably Mary and Joseph uh, would not be on that list. For when we think of them, we don't normally think of them in that way because they're usually on the sidelines in the Christmas story. And the spotlight is usually on Jesus, and that's a good thing. That's the way it should be. But I think that if we examine the love that Mary and Joseph had for each other, uh, we would realize that it is a love that stood the test of time. And the love that they had for each other, coupled with the love they had for God, culminates in one of the greatest love stories ever told. We are in the third week of Advent, and our teaching series is called, What Are You Expecting This Christmas? And last week, we focused our attention on the song of the angels and the song of Mary. And this morning, I'm going to invite you to uh, look at Christmas through the eyes of Joseph and learn three important lessons from his life, lessons that we can model as we try to find peace in the midst of the chaos of this season as we try to live in healthy relationships with the people around us. And we'll get to all that in a bit. But let's pray together, shall we? Amazing God, we don't always understand your ways, but we are drawn to worship you. Our world crashes in on us so many, in so many ways that we make uh, sometimes feel very alone, very afraid. So come to, the, to, to us today so that we may discern what's right from what's wrong, and have the strength to choose what is good and true. Equip us as we worship together to make choices that follow where you would lead us, good choices. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. We have been lighting the Advent wreath through this season of Advent, and today we light the third candle in the Advent wreath, which is the pink candle or the rose candle, the candle of joy. And there's a responsive reading that will be on screen, uh, leader and people, you are the people part, so uh, join me with your voices when you see that. Sometimes on this journey of life, our feet get heavy, our shoulders feel burdened, and our hearts seem slow. Sometimes in the preparation, the busyness overwhelms us, and we get lost in the doing and the planning and in the running. And what we lose is a sense of why. Why do we do all of this? Why is this journey necessary? Join me. The answer is simple, for the joy of it. We forget the joy when we get caught up in the to-do list. We forget the joy when we worry more about how things look than connecting with others. In the Gospel of Matthew, we read, when the wise men saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Join me. Today we light the candles of hope, peace, and joy to light our way to Christmas. And we are reminded to look around us to see that Jesus is already at work among us and to celebrate his presence with joy. Join me in the prayer. Lord, fill our hearts with the fresh wonder of what that first Christmas means for us today. Thank you that any need we have can be met by you, Jesus. 
Let joy flood into our souls as we lean on you to be our wonderful counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting Father, and our Prince of Peace. Help us to look with expectation to what you will do in our life and fill us with your joy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I will tell you that one of my least favorite things to do in life is Christmas shopping. It comes as no surprise to my wife. It's not that I've become a Scrooge about Christmas. I've just gotten to the place where I really don't like to battle crowds and traffic and waiting in line to buy gifts. And no, I'm not a very good online shopper either. Besides that, I think I've also lost all creativity and imagination over the years to think of that perfect Christmas gift for everyone in our family. But fortunately, my wife Jan is just the opposite. She is thoughtful and creative and is good at spending time online ordering or going to the store and picking the perfect gift for everyone on our Christmas list. She remembers what each grandchild likes and what each of them need and even finds things to surprise them that are unique. In the good old days when there, was still, when there were still stores in the mall to shop at, I tried to do my fair share of shopping, but here was my dilemma. When I would go to uh, the store, I would often see something that I thought would make a great gift, but I would convince myself that I could either find it uh, something better or maybe find the same thing elsewhere cheaper so I wouldn't buy it. And I would do that until about December 23rd. And then I would rush back to the store and where I found uh, the shelf empty. I had missed it. I missed my chance to buy that perfect gift because I procrastinated. And then I would have to scramble to buy something else. Uh, I told you, didn't I, that I don't like Christmas shopping. But I can be decisive about so many things in life, but there are other things that I delay deciding on. So I know what I'm talking about today when I say don't miss the chance to receive the gift. Now, please understand, I'm not talking about missing the chance to buy the perfect Christmas gift. I'm talking about missing the chance to receive the gift of Jesus. Don't miss the chance to receive the grace and the love that God offers us in this season. Don't miss the chance to live the new life that God promises. I want you to uh, invite you to listen to this part of the Christmas story from Matthew's Gospel. It's from the first chapter, beginning with verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. 
When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. One of the uh, reasons God came to us in human form in the person of Jesus was to forgive us. And Matthew 1.21 tells us the reason that Jesus came, for he will save his people from their sins. Joseph was to give his name, his son, the name Jesus because the word means deliverer. Jesus came to deliver us from our sin. He came to forgive us, and this forgiveness, forgiveness saves us and brings us new life. And when we accept this forgiveness and allow God's love and grace to enter into our lives, we are put back into a right relationship with God. So while our sin would normally separate us from God, through Jesus we are restored, and this is the chance we can't miss. There is nothing else in this life that will save us. There is nothing else that will bring us back to God. On our own, there is simply no way we can live a perfect or a holy life that is acceptable to a God who is holy and perfect. And the Bible says that there is no one of us who are perfect, for we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. On our own, we cannot be saved, and as hard as we might try, we cannot restore ourselves into a relationship with God. We need Jesus. In the New Testament book of Ephesians, chapter 2, beginning with verse 4, the Apostle Paul tells us this. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, no, so that none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And here Paul is telling us that the reason Jesus came into this world was to rescue us from sin. Christmas is all about forgiveness. In Jesus, God took on our sin, and on the cross, he died our death. But God defeated the power of sin and death, and we know that because Jesus rose from the dead. As the Apostle Paul said, it is through the, this resurrection that we have been made alive. And through Jesus, God has rescued us from sin and death, which gives us the chance to live better uh, to live a more fulfilled and peaceful life. This is the gift that God has given to us in Jesus. And this is the chance that he gives us to be forgiven and redeemed and restored so that we can't miss out on the gift. Joseph didn't miss it. Joseph was one of the first people to truly accept 
Jesus into his heart and life, and it changed him. Accepting Jesus changed Joseph from an ordinary man to a faithful servant whose actions then helped to change the world. Accepting Jesus meant that Joseph was now an important part of God's plan for all human beings. Joseph went from being a simple man of faith to a person whose faith opened the door for all of us to have faith. We're given that chance when we accept Jesus into our heart and into our life. When we allow God to rescue us and to bring us back into a right relationship with, life, uh, with God, our story, our life story, is going to change. And like Joseph, God now has the ability to use us to accomplish his plans, his purposes in this world. We go from being ordinary men and women of faith to people whose lives can change the hearts and the lives of family, of friends, of our community, and even our world. And when we commit our life to Jesus Christ, we're not only forgiven, but that forgiveness combined with God's grace gives us the chance to make a significant and eternal difference in the world around us. But being reconciled to God and the new life that God offers is just half of the gift that God gives us in Jesus. Being one with God opens the door for us to become one with each other. Through Christ, we are reconciled to God, yes, but living in Christ, we are able to be reconciled with each other. And once again, we see this in Joseph. Joseph accepted Jesus as his child, and once he made that decision, he was reconciled to Mary. Up until this moment, Joseph and Mary were divided. Mary's pregnancy had broken their trust. It had broken the relationship, and Joseph was ready to let her go, to divorce her quietly. But once Joseph accepted Jesus... God's grace helped him to reconcile with Mary. And once we accept the grace of God, we too are given the chance to be reconciled to others around us. Let me go back to the New Testament book of Ephesians chapter 2 for a moment, beginning with verse 13. The Apostle Paul says, But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, and, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross he broke down the walls of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations and he made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from these two groups. And together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross and our hostility toward each other was put to death. See, in Christ, we have the chance to be reconciled to one another. When we accept Jesus and live in the new life that God offers us, we are given the chance to be restored so that we can have healthy relationships with other people. I'm not just talking about broken relationships with uh, those we may love. I'm talking about even the healing of relationships where there has been hostility and, and uh, division. When Paul talks about two groups and a dividing wall of hostility separating them, he's talking about the Jews and the Gentiles, the non-Jewish population. The division between Jews and Gentiles goes back generations. 
centuries even. And this division was so strong that most people assumed that it would never be resolved. But the power of God's grace given in Jesus makes the reconciliation possible. And what this means is that in Jesus we have the chance to restore all of the broken relationships in our life and even see divisions in our communities mended. The divisions we see today are pretty hostile ones, aren't they? We have strong and very hostile political and social divides in this country. Democrat versus Republican, progressive versus conservative, black versus white, rich versus poor, male versus female. We are a divided people. And the dividing wall of hostility is strong, but in Jesus, we have the chance to be healed, to be reconciled. But the key words there are in Jesus. In a culture that is so quick to dismiss the Christian faith and faith values and all things related to God, we try to restore the deep divides that we are experiencing through more laws, through protests, through summits, through opinion columns, through political maneuvering, but our best efforts cannot and will not be able to heal what only God can do. The gift of God that is offered to us at Christmas Jesus provides us the chance to be reconciled to each other. Because once we, were rest- we, we are restored to a right relationship with God, the door is opened for us to be reconciled to one another. But this doesn't just happen, we have to work at it. And it's by living in Jesus that we learn how to become one. Living in Jesus and following him teaches us how to love and care for each other. And once again, it is Joseph who shows us what that looks like. In our text today says that Joseph took Mary home to be his wife. But he didn't completely trust her in that moment. I wonder sometimes, did they ever argue? Did they ever see things differently in life? Did they live happily ever after, or was theirs a journey of learning how to become one? My guess is that like most of us, they learn to become one by every day taking the chance that God was giving them to love each other and to forgive each other and to serve each other. You see, Joseph had to change his heart toward Mary, and then he had to listen to hear and hear more about what God had shared with her. And he had to serve Mary by helping her on this trip to Bethlehem where they had to go uh, to be counted in the census. And then he helped her as she gave birth in the stable. And then he helped by leading her and the child Jesus to safety after Jesus was born. Joseph learned to be one with Mary, and Mary learned how to be one with Joseph, and they understood the chance that God was giving them is not to only find peace with God, but to live in peace with each other and offer that gift of peace to the world. That's the chance we get in Jesus. Let me share with you quickly three things that I think we can learn from Joseph about how to live in healthy relationships with each other. And the first thing we need to do is to always pray first and act second. While asking God for direction before we act is always an important thing for us to do, what Joseph shows us is that prayer also involves 
listening, listening to God. Joseph was about to act first, but then he heard from God in a dream. He listened and he prayed, and what he heard in prayer changed his heart, changed his mind, and gave him the chance to experience the power of God's love and grace. Prayer is always needed when we, when we uh, look at broken relationships. We need to ask God what we've done to cause the divide and how our own hearts need to change so that we can help solve the problem. So we need to always pray first and act second. But second thing we need to learn is to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Let's be honest, this is hard for us to do because we want to speak. We want to share our point of view because most of the time we think that we're right. And this is the real struggle today because social media and technology make speaking so easy. We not only need to listen before we physically talk, but we probably should do a lot more listening before we text and before we tweet and before we post. Too many people are getting in trouble because they're quick to respond and slow to listen and maybe forget completely to pray before they act. Listening is a lost art, but it's also a true gift. I have no way to verify this, but I think Joseph must have excelled at listening. Joseph listened to God before he spoke with Mary, and he listened often, and he allowed what he heard to guide his life. And because we don't have any recorded words of Joseph in Scripture, I want to think that he knew how to listen first and speak later. It's important for us to learn to really listen today. Because while we have so many different ways to speak in our culture, we are really uh, not always being heard. And most people want to know that their lives matter. They want their thoughts and ideas uh, to be, uh, to somebody, for somebody to value them. Children want to be heard by their parents. Parents want to be heard by their children, especially their grown children. Partners in marriage want to be heard. Friends want someone who's willing to listen to them. Coworkers want their views to be valued. You see, we need to be quick to listen in every situation and slow to speak. After all, as the old saying goes, God gave us two ears and only one mouth because listening is twice as important as speaking. But the third thing we learn from Joseph that helps us in relationships is to receive grace and to release grudges. We need to receive God's grace first because as we begin to experience the joy and the power and the freedom that comes with forgiveness, we will be more willing and have more of a desire and have the ability to let go of those grudges that we hold. Joseph did this. He received God's grace. He accepted Jesus into his life, which gave him the ability to let go of his bitterness and his resentment and his disappointment toward Mary. Receiving God's grace helped Joseph truly to reach out and love her. And when we experience God's forgiveness in our own hearts and lives, we are humbled and inspired to offer that grace to others. And while we always need to release grudges and offer forgiveness, the strength to do that comes, uh, doesn't come from us. It comes from the grace that God gives us. And we need to receive grace first so that we can release those grudges that are weighing us down. 
See, those are just three keys to restoring relationships. It's not an exhaustive list, but it is a place that we can start. Prayer, listening, and receiving God's grace is what gives us the chance to restore our relationship with God and with each other. And this is what we're given in Jesus. And it's what Christmas is all about. So please, don't miss it. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you for entering this world through the Christ child so that you could come close to us, to talk with us, to restore our broken relationships with you and with others. We need you. Help us to prioritize our time and our energy and our wealth for you. Fill our empty and our lonely hearts with your love, which was revealed on the cross. And help us to love you and to love our neighbors, even as you love us. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.